You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. I went and had uh, dinner with my grandma and grandpa last night, and they said, well, are you ready? And I said, I, I think I'd rather get on a bucking horse. <laughs> I said, at least I know what's fixing to happen, you know, what I... When I nod my head, I'd go get on, go to the ranch rodeos, and they, I'd be the guy like, "You're getting on that horse. You don't have a choice." So, same thing here. David asked me to speak, and he goes, "You're preaching," and I said, "Can I get out of it?" And he goes, "No." I said, "Okay." But in Genesis 28, uh, Jacob has a dream, and I, and and we're gonna move on from that. But he he has a dream, and he and he wakes up, and he says, "I uh, God says I'm gonna be with you," and and. Uh, so he wakes up. God says, I'm going to be with you. And, and, and uh, he said, at the end of it, he says, I'm excited and I'm afraid. And then he drops down in 17. He says, but how awesome is this place? So I've been this past week. It's been fast. It's been, I mean, it's, it's here. Like six weeks ago, he said, you're preaching. And then, yes, like today I'm preaching, you know. So it's, it's been fast. But I started preaching the or, um writing this message about five years ago when I was at a crossroads in my life and I had to make some make some decisions that was hard for me and it was hurt it was hurtful for a lot of people and uh, I didn't understand at the time but God had a plan for my life and he was going to use my family and me to to further the kingdom and I'm grateful for that you know and uh it was a decision that said, narrow is the way that would lead to life, or broad is the road that would lead to destruction. And we've lived that life every day since then, and I've never one, be- one day been disappointed in that decision. But if you would, turn with me to First uh, Kings chapter 19. And... Uh, Elisha escapes from Jezebel, and then he goes and he has a revelation. God has a revelation for him and uh, drops down in 16 and says, Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, over Abel Mahola. And for six weeks I've studied this. And for six hours last night till this morning, I've studied that name so I would not butcher it. You know what I'm saying? So just bear with me. Yeah. And you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes this, the sword of Haziel, Jehu, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. And he drops down in 19 and he says, so he departed from there. Um, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelfth. And then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elisha and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. And gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. The title of my message today is Burn the Plow. 
if you would pray with me. Father God, we just thank you for today. I thank you that it's an honor to, to, to get to do this in your house, Father God, that we serve in. And we just thank you for the great people that you put around us to teach us. And, and I just honor you for that this morning. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But if you go back to 19, it says Elijah departed and found Elisha. And, and what, that, what that meant with, for me, it says, uh, like, like when, when uh, Samuel had, a, had to go anoint David, it says, uh, he told Saul, for the Lord has found a man after his own heart, and David hadn't even been born yet. And did you know, um, Genesis, it says, you were created in the likeness of God. You knew me before I was formed in Psalms 139 and then in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans that I have for you. So God had a plan for Samuel. He had a plan for David. He had a plan for Elisha and he has a plan for you. It says, Elijah departed and found Elisha plowing. And Elisha didn't even know that God had met with Elijah about him. And so that's the same thing with our lives. God's got a plan for you. God, no matter where you're at in your life, what kind of mess you're in, I, if you know me, I'm, I have been a mess. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't been a good 15 years, you know what I'm saying? But I'm here now, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful for that. But, uh, so you say, what is that calling or that desire or plan? And it says God will give you a vision, and that, that, that word vision means the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Imagine, but you already know. Every kid, when I was a kid, I, everybody in here was asked the question when you were a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I knew what I wanted to be, or if you didn't know what I wanted to be, just watch, you know, because I, I had some boots on, like Cass, he's, he doesn't want, he can't get up without getting his boots on and his cowboy hat, you know what I mean? So, like, here we go. I mean, no, it, does, it, it can just be the diaper in between, you know, but we're going to have the hat and the boots on. We're leaving, you know, so <laughs> whatever, man. Just come on. Like, stay out from underneath animals. Be the best, you know. But uh, So the calling on your life, you know, that's inside of you. God created you, and he put that inside you, and, and, and he'll use that. He wants to use that. And uh, it's the calling on your life will keep you awake at night thinking, and it will be the first thing on your mind in the morning, and it will bother you until the end, until the answer, until you answer that calling. First Kings nineteen nineteen at the end of the verse it says, "Then he passed and threw his mantle on an, on Elisha." In other words, he was coming by Elisha, but he was going a mission. He was still moving. So a lot of times God's going to send somebody by you to pass that mantle, but he ain't staying and waiting. It's time to move on. Let's go. And so you won't be able to do the same old thing over and over. And, and, Kings, and then you go to chapter 20. It says, Elisha ran after him. And Elijah said, for what have I done to you? And what he did... And what we and what has been done to me and, and and everyone in this room is Elisha ignited the calling on Elijah. Right. He ignited it on on his life. And Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life are the day you were born 
in the day you find out why. And so how do we access that plan? How do we know what that plan is for our life? In, the, in Proverbs 16, 3, it says, Commit your ways to the Lord's and your thoughts will be established. In other words, line your thinking up with God's will for your life. Establish a daily relationship with God, His Word. Know His Word and you'll know Him. The owner's manual to the car. You know, problem solving. Know the Word, know God. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep know my voice and I know them and they listen. And I don't like the word sheep. So I have cur dogs. <laughs> and some of the biggest pickles I have ever been in were over my cur dogs. They've been at a few sites on a gun. Uh, I've been in it like nose to nose with a guy one day. We were working some cows and man, they were in there baying. And I heard that guy there screaming at the top of his lungs trying to get my dogs out. Well, he got mad at me because my dogs wouldn't get out. So he comes out there and he's riding up to me and he's like, your dogs, they won't get out. I said, they don't know you. And he, he was like, what? I said, they don't know you. You don't feed them. You feed them? No. I said, you, did they come here with you? No. I mean, and they're in there, they're brush popping, you know. It's, it's, it's a war zone in there, you know. It's so... He goes, well, I can't get them out. I was like, I know you can't, but watch. And I just hollered, hey, get out. And I mean, they just, whoosh. And that's the way God wants us to be. All the noise going on and the, 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 the people that you don't know or that don't know you, they can't come in, they can't come in and tell you to get out because that ain't, that ain't who feeds me. You ain't who feeds me. You're not who take care of me. You're not who here I came here with. And so when does that start? When do we start that? When do we start that calling or when do we ignite that calling? In, in 1 Samuel 16, it said David, Samuel had went and anointed David and it ignited the calling so much that when Samuel sent for David, he commanded that no one sit down because God had already, was already honoring him as a king. David was tending the sheep and went back to tending the sheep after he was anointed. And it says, then he stumbled across Goliath. He was just taking some provisions to his brothers. And, he, and wow. we stumbled into more God's goodness for our life by just doing what we're called to do. So what you have today is what you need to get started. What you're doing right now is God's got you in a place to start now. Today is now. God is a God of now, so start now. And he says, and, and God will never give you a vision without a provision. And that word provision means the act or process of providing the fact of state of being prepared beforehand, a measure taken beforehand to deal with a need or contingency. In Proverbs 16, 7, it says, when a man's way please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. And that's when we are fulfilling our purpose. And there's going to be naysayers. I, I, we, I went through that. And pe the, what got me was it didn't work for them, so it shouldn't work for me. 
You know what I mean? People will tell you, you can't do that. You, you, you cannot make your living doing that. And the only reason they can tell you that is because it didn't work for them. And I've been there where I've said, God, how, how can this work for me and it not work for them? And he, they, do, they don't take that past. It's not their calling. It's not their place. So don't, don't look back. Burn the plow and don't look back. I was in the, uh, in, in the time of that, uh, that uh, igniting of the calling, and then we kind of veered off the path there, but I was in the trucking business, and it, it worked. It worked. It was a plow, and it served its purpose, and, and it, was, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't my purpose. You know what I mean? It, brought, it, brought, it paid the bills and put food on the table and all, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was my job. And it caused a lot of heartache for my grandma and my mother because I had way too much money <laughs> and not enough wisdom on how to use that, you know. So, but I remember I had went through it and I blew out a. Uh, they called me to go on this job and I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. It's too big. I don't. I'm, I'm not set up for what we need to do. So I was like, man, we're in a bind. We need you to go load this big tank. And so I get over there and I, I got two. We're pulling this big tank on my truck and I blow out an airbag and I was like unload the tank I'm going home like I cannot haul this so I go back have a blowout or I get back to the shop and I'm gonna uh I'm gonna change this airbag and then I got a low tire so I'm down there and I'm airing this tire up well it ends up blowing up in my face so it kind of shot me back and I'm like golly and uh I mean this is all in the same day and uh, so get the get the tire off. Gonna put it on, gonna put a new tire on. I smashed my finger. The worst I've ever had my finger. Like instantly it was black. And so this guy, like the next day, he calls me and he and uh, he says, "You want to sell out?" And I was like, "You bet, <laughs> you bet." <laughs> like today, you want it today? Like do I need to bring it to you? I said, "I'll tell you what. If I, I'll sell it to you, but you have to take." everything that has anything to do with it like the yoke the oxen everything's got to go and don't and you cannot bring it back you know what I'm saying I'm gonna leave you a set of I'm gonna leave you a hard hat there everything you got it <laughs> so so he we we do that it was an answered prayer and uh I remember when I got done I had a pair of steel toe work boots and I tell this story all the time I was like Lord I'm going to throw these things away and please, I'll never say never because I've said never and I've always had to go get them and put them back on, you know what I mean? But I threw them away and, and, and said, Lord, please never let me have to wear those things again. And he said, you won't, I'm, you're going you're gonna to go into what I've called you to do and that's not part of who you are anymore. So you get to move on from that. And so I'm grateful for that for sure. <laughs> And uh, it's in, in, in 21, in uh, 1 Kings 20, 19, 21, it says, Elijah turned, took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, and he boiled their flesh using the ox equi oxes, oxen's equipment. He burned the plow so that going back wasn't an option. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to you're gonna have to put that away where it's not an option because there is no plan B with God. 
It's, it's, we're going this way. We're on a mission. We're not coming back. So a lot of times I want to encourage you, if you're at that place in your life, burn the, burn the plow and don't look back. Move on to what God's calling you to do. And he says, he gave it to the people and they ate. And he arose, then he arose and followed Elijah and he became his service servant. And somewhere through the years, I always take notes, but I had wrote this at the bottom of my Bible. Like if you ever get my Bible, there there's notes down the side. And I don't know who said it, but I'm going to use it. It's, it says uh, at the bottom, at the bottom of my Bible, it says your servanthood will feed many. It said he took the oxen and served the people and they ate. And so what God has called you to do will feed many. Your true calling is to serve with your purpose and your desire. Man, that's that's what God's called you to do. And so Stephen Furtick says better is relative to purpose. In other words, your story is your purpose and is relative to the best you. I don't need to look like you. I don't need to talk like you. I don't need to walk like you. God created you to do a specific thing, and that's what he wants to use you to further his kingdom. So I don't have to be like you. You don't have to be like me. God created you to do something specific, and he wants, that's why you were created. And so this morning, I want to challenge your thinking. Uh, what is your pulpit? What is, what is your purpose and your pulpit like? Standing up here does not make me a preacher. That's right. You know what I mean? This pulpit doesn't make me a preacher. Right. What I do outside of here, what, the way I live with integrity and character and doing the right thing when nobody else is looking, and when it's easy to do the wrong thing, to make the wrong decision, that's where God is calling us. What, what is your pulpit? And uh, this last week, it's been kind of a whirlwind. I walk around like a deer in the headlights mostly because I'm like, this is big, you know. For me, for a lot of people, it's not. But for me, it's like, whoa. So I got a call from a guy that um, I'd... I'd been cutting some hay last year, and uh, I don't like cutting hay. I don't like hay. I don't like, I don't like cutting it. I don't like raking it. I don't like bailing it. I don't like putting it up. I don't like putting it out. I don't like cutting it. You know, nothing about hay do I like, you know. So they call me, and they go, we need you to come help us bale some hay, you know. And so I'm over there, and I got to minister to this guy. And it, I don't even remember what it was. I remember a little bit about, you know, I remember I said, hey, God's still got a plan for your life. He had been through some hard times. He drank a little bit and uh, had was having a tough time in college, but he was just down on himself. Like, and I just kind of ignited that fire in him and said, God's not done with you. Like, you're, this, you're still a young man. God's got a plan for your life. And he's going to use that. I don't know what that looks like for you. That's something you're going to have to figure out. But God wants to use that in your life. And so this, like, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday, I get a call from this guy. And uh, I really don't even remember I, a little bit of what that was. But he says, hey, last year, I want you to know that uh, when you talked to me in the hayfield, he said it changed my life. And I didn't preach to the guy. I didn't. All I did was... Hey, God's got a plan. 
I didn't tell him quit drinking, quit smoking, quit going out, quit doing this. No, God's got a plan for your life, and where you're going, that can't go with it. Yeah. So it's not that it's not that we have to just stop everything we're doing. It's like God's going to say, "I'm going to build a relationship with you," and 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 as that as we build that relationship, that stuff can't go where I'm going. And so it's it's important that we don't yeah. preach with our mouth. We don't. It's, it's important that we preach with our decisions that we make every day in our life. And that way they can watch us and they can be expired. God used me in a hayfield to impart into the life of a young man. That day he used a tractor as a pulpit. Other days it's a horse or a cow or a dog or whatever. But inspire people is our job. And that's what, and, and that's what you could do. Like, that's what we're called to do is inspire people for the kingdom of heaven. That's good. That's good. And I could sit here and tell stories how, of how God have, has used our family. Uh, in, in for years, um, not, not all, it hasn't always been good and easy and, uh, Quite frankly, I've been in, I have been in disobedience, you know what I mean? And God still used me. Uh, and so I don't, just, just like they said, just stay put and you're going to get to the other side. But uh, I, I'm, I'm 33 now and I get to go have breakfast with my grandpa in the mornings and the old guys. At, uh, you know, I'm like, I feel happy because I get to be one of those. Like I've waited. I mean, I sit with my legs crossed and I get made fun of, you know, drink coffee and everybody's always making fun of me. My wife says I'm a 70 year old wrapped in a 33 year old body, you know. I mean, I live for that. But I, I can't tell you how many times God's used us sitting in that restaurant. Um, me and my grandpa Clayton got to pray for a guy. Uh, he he his he I remember him from when I was a little kid. Um, he was an insurance salesman in the through the school system, and he would always come. And he's a big old guy, and just uh, when you seen him, you wanted to be with him, like you just wanted to be with that guy. You wanted to talk to him, and he's when he shook your hand, it just would just wrap you up, you know. And, but he was having some trouble, and he'd come in there and. Uh, I, I, you just kind of, the Lord will be talking to you or visiting. And so he walks in and I was like, I kind of felt that like, we're going to, we're going to get to minister to that guy today. And, um, this is a long story short, but we, we got there and everybody had left and he was still sitting there. And I was like, man, I ain't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, well, then my grandpa, he had left. So he comes back and I said, Hey, me, you and I, we're going to go pray for this guy. And he goes, okay, outside? And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> we got to go in there. And he's sitting at the table. We're going to pray for him. And he says, we sit down with him. He says, uh, we're, we're supposed to pray for you. And he goes, well, thank you. He goes, well, I have a bad heart. And I stopped him right there. I said, no, sir, you don't have a bad heart. And that's a lie. And we're going to rebuke that. And so we ended up praying for him, and we got to minister to him. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't a, a long drawn out deal. We just encouraged him that 
his heart wasn't bad. He has a good heart. And that sometimes that's all people need to hear. I'm not, I'm not messed up. I'm not, my heart ain't bad. You know, it's, hey, God created that and he made it in his likeness, in his image. And he said it was good. And so we need to remind people, hey, yeah, it looks like a mess right now, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Keep moving forward, right? And so God uses, and I did, we didn't see him for, it was like this pandemic happened and we haven't seen him. And he, and when we had prayed for him, he didn't look good. He it looked bad, you know, like, and so, uh, we prayed for him. And then like a month or two later, I see him walked in and he was going to the doctor and they had said that they were going to have to put this pacemakers in. He had to carry all this equipment with him and he comes back in the next time I see him. He's just a different person, like no heart monitors, no. And he goes, man, I went back to the doctor and that doctor said, I don't know what y'all did, but we don't, we don't just take all this off and we're done. Like you can go, you know what I mean? So it wasn't, thank you, God, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and, and that meant a lot to me that my grandpa got to, got to minister with me and we sat there and. And did that, and that, and that, that was on. That was a, that was a blessing. But uh, Dave Ramsey says, if you celebrate too much on Friday, it might be a sign that you need to change what you're doing Monday through Thursday. You know what I'm saying? If 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 life is, you're just plowing away at it, and you're tired of plowing away, and you're looking forward to Friday, you're doing something wrong. You know, like there's not a day that goes by that I don't, we're not excited to get up and go do what God's called us to do. Yeah, it's, it's hot and it hurts and you know what I mean? We, we live a rough life, but it's good, you know, Uh, I guess I I don't like now I'm like, I don't, I don't know any other way. I just do, you know, but I'm great. I'm glad for that. And uh, in second Kings chapter two, uh, one through eight. I'm not going to read it, but Elijah told Elisha three three different times throughout their their um, yeah throughout their conversations to stay here that the Lord has sent me on. He tells him, and Elijah would say, "I'm not leaving," and they and they would go, "I'm not leaving you." And it's funny that he told him the three times, three different times throughout their you know throughout their time together that he needed to stay behind. He says, I'm not leaving without you and and I'm going with you. And so they would go. And and the the number three means wholeness, completeness, and perfection. In three days, Jesus has risen. The Trinity and Jesus had went to the garden three times. So there's a a significance in the the Bible with number three. And I I just thought that was a cool little, but... um, Elisha served Elijah eight years before Elisha was taken to heaven. And uh, we'll, we'll skip down there to, uh, or we'll go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And uh, it says, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha said, Please let me let a double portion of your spirit be with me. And he says, 
You have asked a hard thing, nevertheless. If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it will not be. In other words, if you will stay with me and you'll stick it out. And that's what we have to do is we got to stay with it and stick it out. And uh, but I guess it's been about two or three weeks. We got to we got to hang a Elliot Cattle sign, me and my grandpa Clayton. And uh, and Cass, we were we were down there hanging, and we got done. I did. I just stepped back and looked like I just smiled and looked at it. it. Was like, I don't I don't know how we got here. And if you'd have told me five years ago this is where we were gonna be, I'd have, I don't think I could have done it. Like I wouldn't have believed it. There's no way. And and I wish I had time to sit here and tell you all the goodness and how it's played out. But I can tell you one thing: it's been hell. Yeah. It's hurt. You know, we've we've been we've been we've felt left, we've felt hurt, we've we've been used. It's been worth it, and God uses us though, not by preaching, but by living, by living it out, sticking it out. And there's days where I'd have rain hit me in the face, or um, I, I remember one time I was just riding out there, and I got a pretty good habit of not complaining to God because. That's not a good place to be. Right. You know what I mean? But I would just, I remember riding through some cows one day and I said, Lord, I don't, I'm not complaining. <laughs> like, let's just get that out there first. I'm not complaining, but I know you're not far off, but I sure could use you today. I need some help. You know, I need, I'm at the, I'm at the end of my rope and I don't know where to go, but I know I don't want to go without you and I need you. And and it and it I've never been let down by God. I've never been dissatisfied with the way it looked. Man, we we have had heck. It has looked bad. You know, we we done some business deals and it didn't work out in our favor. And I'm like, oh man, you, I sure wish you'd have told me this before I went and done this. You know, like, but it didn't matter. None of that mattered. What mattered was, was I, am I going to stay and stick it out? I think I'll see the fruit of that soon. I think it's coming, you know. And so I want to encourage you to stay with it. I got a, I got a grandpa, his name's Pete, and uh, he's a fighter. To, he's, he's, a, uh, he's, he's, he's a pistol. They call him Pistol Pete sometimes. But uh, he's, he's came and went in our lives. And, but but he, there's one thing that he always told me um, when I was a kid and then he had spent some time away and in and out of life but but God used him to to impart like he's used other people in my life to impart into me and one thing he always told me that I can remember was don't panic and don't give up and no matter what it looks like I've I've had, I remember, I remember now riding down there and I, and the God, it felt like God had spoke to me. And then I hear Pete, don't panic, don't give up. And you just keep going. And so that's what I want to tell you is to don't panic and don't give up. Keep going. You're going to get to the other side and God's going to, God's going to get, God's going to use you and God wants to use you. And if you drop down in 13, in uh, 1 Kings, it says Elijah took the mantle. And it's my job to be around the Elijahs that will pass the mantle on so one day I can do the same. 
It's about being and doing your best and imparting into the lives of the people around you every day through your calling so that one day you can be the Elijah to an Elisha that ignites someone's calling and passes the mantle. It's important that I like doing sound, but it's important that Tyler is with me because I, God may call me on to do something else and then that's Tyler's turn to take over or whatever. whatever. I don't know what that looks like, but when the time comes, we'll know. And, and, and it won't be a here, take it, and there you go. You know, it'll be, no, we've trained up a child in the way he should go. You know what I'm saying? We've, we're, we're imparting, I'm imparting into, me, into Tyler what I know. And we use people around the, 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 in the ranch, you know, like, I'm not, they don't just have a job when you come to my place. You know what I'm saying? They don't just have a job. We're going to impart what we know into, let's build this together. Let's be a team and we're going to make it better and we're going to do better. Like uh, yesterday, I, I went and worked some cows and I was like, I was, I was shaking, you know, like more than I am today, but I took... Uh, I took Cass with me, and Taylor's like, you got, you got, can you, I, she said, do you have something to do Saturday? And I said, yeah, I need to go to Harden and help Jeff. We're going to work some cows, and uh, it ought to be pretty easy. I can take Cass with me. Well, <laughs> I took a two-year-old with me to work out. It's not the first time he's been with me, but when we get there, it's, Cass is three, I'm 33, and the next three guys are 70 and above. And it was a wreck. It was a wreck. I called Taylor one time. I was like, where are you? I can't. I need some help. Like, the cows are too fast, and the guys are just a little bit too slow, you know? Like, it was, it was, it was something, to say the least, you know? And I mean, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to come get him. And I call her. She's like, I'm in humble. And I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> but the Lord said, why? He needs to see. They need to see you get through this. And it's important that our, we take our sons with us. Yeah. Like Cass gets, Cass is with me quite often. Like when he gets up in the morning, he's out that door, you know. And I don't, he, he's coming with me. Like if he can't go, then I don't need to go. There's places I go that he can't go. But in life, it's important that my son goes with me and I can pass that mantle and, and build him up. I don't know all the answers. He's probably, I want him to have a double portion of me. I want Tyler to have a double portion of me. I want anybody that I impart into, I want them to have a double portion of what I have. You know what I mean? So we're always passing the, we're always passing it. And so, uh, I think it's God's perfect timing to say, let's burn the plow and not look back on what the world has to offer our lives. The same old same, day in and day out. But what God spoke over our lives before we were ever born. What God put us here to do, the thing that drives you, the very thing that puts you to sleep and wakes you up, the desire of your heart that he put in there. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.